Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Hey, and good morning, faithful listener. Thanks so much for tuning into the Bible Explained podcast for this episode out of Deuteronomy. Don't forget on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I do an episode out of the Old Testament and Tuesdays and Thursdays, I will be doing an episode out of the New Testament, except for tomorrow because tomorrow is Thanksgiving. (laughs) Maybe I'll do a special Thanksgiving episode. I don't know. Kind of late in the game, I suppose, to think about this. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I don't know thinking about it. I might not do an episode tomorrow. I may or I may not. That's where I'll leave that. But okay, let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy 4 verses 25 through 31 today. I'll be reading a W.E.B. version of the Bible. But please feel free to read the version you prefer to read out of whatever that version is. Now, of course, if you're driving to work, then just obviously listen in. Don't read the Bible. Just listen. But uh, for the rest of you, make sure you grab that Bible. Because you know what? I I um, do appreciate when you guys open the word. I appreciate that because it is good for you to get into the habit of opening up God's word and not just taking my word for it because you never know. Even though I do my, my very best to present accurate information and to read it accurately. I do make mistakes. And uh, when I do, I try to correct them. But sometimes I don't always catch them. Like one time (laughs) on the podcast, I thought that a porpoise, is that how you say it? Porpoise. I thought that that was a turtle. And I'm pretty sure I told you guys, yeah, turtle skins when they were talking about porpoise skins. And those are two totally different animals because I screwed up the word porpoise with the word tortoise. (laughs) And there has been things like that that I just don't catch and I have done silly things like that. So I do always appreciate when you open up God's word and read it for yourself. But okay, I'm going to end my little spiel there for that one. And let's read Deuteronomy 4 verses 25 through 31 today. I'll be reading out of W.E.B. like I said. Make sure to grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea and let's go ahead and read. When you father children and children's children, and you have been long in the land and then corrupt yourselves and make a carved image in the form of anything and do that which is evil in Yahweh, your God's sight to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that you will soon utterly perish from off the land which you go over the Jordan to possess it. You will not prolong your days in it, but will utterly be destroyed. Yahweh will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where Yahweh will lead you away. There you will serve gods, the work of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see, nor hear, nor eat, nor smell. But from there you shall seek Yahweh your God, and you will find him when you search after him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. When you are in oppression and all the things have come on you, in the latter days you shall return to Yahweh your God and listen to his voice. For Yahweh your God is a merciful God. He will not fail you nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore to them. So on Monday, I talked a lot about idols and idol worship and some of the idols that I do believe that we here in America sometimes worship. Not all the times, but I do think that we have struggle with idol worship the same as anybody else does. 
Because even though we don't necessarily bow down and worship a carved image, we do, in a sense, bow down and worship other things such as our identity. And so I kind of talked about that on Monday. If you're interested in that episode, please go back and listen to it. But now we're discussing even more idol worship. Kind of on Monday, we we really left off with Moses just saying, don't do it. But now, today we're talking about the repercussions of if you do go into idol worship. It says that when you father children and children's children, so in other words, when you have children and you have grandchildren, and you've been living in the land for a very long time, and you make a carved image in the form of anything, I think it's interesting that Moses mentions anything here, even though he gave specifics when we talked about this on Monday, it does say here anything. So carved images were just out. Don't make carved images because we as human beings fail and we add a lot of superstition to things sometimes. And when we make a carved image or in a sense, anything, it doesn't have to be carved. It could be anything. We could literally make something. I and mean, the, the Amish actually think that if we take pictures, that is a form of a carved image. You know, we're making images. Now, of course, I don't necessarily agree with that. In a lot of cases, I do think that taking pictures for the most part is pretty innocent and just fine. But I do think that there is a level of narcissism that can go along with picture taking. And could you potentially be worshiping your own self through those pictures? Yeah. And then maybe at that point, taking pictures is no longer super innocent. So yes, we can make anything into an idol. And I think that's why (laughs) Moses is like, don't make anything into an idol. Don't make any kind of image. Don't do it because we are humans and we fail all the time. So we need to keep our minds focused completely on God. We can't focus on other things. We have to focus on God because if we don't, here's what it says. If you don't do this and you do evil, which is Uh, In God's sight to provoke him to anger, verse 26, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that you will soon utterly perish off of the land which you go over to possess. And so then he goes into what's going to happen to the people if they just continue in their idol worship. Now, Moses is stating this years in advance from anything ever happening to the people. So this is prophecy. Years down the line, the people do, in fact, end up failing. And we're going to see later on when Babylon ends up taking over Israel and Israel is forced to uh, bow down to other gods. This literally ends up happening. We have history, historical fact of everything Moses is saying here ending up happening. Later on, years, hundreds of years later on, this all happens. The people get scattered. They get uh, driven out of the land that God gave them for a possession. They get beat down. They have to serve other people and other gods. And then finally, they end up turning back to God and they're allowed to go back into the promised land after that. We see all that happening in the books of uh, Jeremiah and, and the prophets later on in the Old Testament. That's when all this happens. So yeah, this is definitely prophecy, what Moses is speaking here. He says, Yahweh is going to scatter you among the peoples. You will be left few in number among the nations where Yahweh will lead you away. There you will serve gods of the work of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither can see nor hear nor eat nor smell. I mean, (laughs) I kind of talked briefly about that on Monday. You know, when we make something, 
some sort of image or some sort of like God for ourselves. Those things are not real. They're just fake. He says these gods that you're making, these little G gods, they don't see. They don't hear anything. They don't eat. They don't smell. And that's funny because people like would offer the food to the idols. Those idols weren't doing anything. They weren't eating a single thing. (laughs) So people would like make these idols out to be something great when in actuality they were pieces of carved stone. That was all they were. And yet people would assign like a godlike identity to these pieces of stone. And so Moses says like, no, this is stupid. This is ridiculous. They don't eat. They don't hear. They don't smell. But then Moses says, but after all this happens to you, when you start worshiping other gods and Yahweh drives you out into other lands and your possession is taken away from you at that point, once you start realizing how these little G gods from these other nations how they're not doing anything, you will turn back to Yahweh, your God. You will. You're going to be searching for him. You're going to be seeking him. You're going to be seeking the truth. I mean, how true is that today? A lot of this stuff, everything Moses is saying here actually can really be uh, chalked up to what's going on today. Like people are really seeking the truth because all there is out there right now is just lies. It's just one lie after another lie. Nobody trusts each other because everybody's lying. And, you know, it's just, it's a mess out there in the world because we don't have the truth. And Moses says, once this happens, people are going to start seeking the truth. The Israelites would start seeking the truth because they don't have the truth. They're following a lie. But here in verse 29, but from there, you're going to seek Yahweh, your God. You're going to find him when you search after him with all of your heart and all of your soul. This shows that people who are really out there searching for God, truly searching for the truth, they're going to find it because God's power is way beyond us. I've actually had people ask me before, like, what about people in other countries that, you know, don't know about Jesus, are they going to just die and go to hell? Like people that don't have the truth. But this verse right here makes me realize that God does not want anybody to perish. In other words, to go to hell. He does not want that. So people who are in foreign countries that don't have the truth or have never heard about Jesus, I think that God works with them also in other ways because of this verse right here. People who are truly seeking to find God are going to find him because God is not going to just abandon those people who truly want to find him. God is all powerful. He can do whatever he wants. He can literally speak directly down to a person if he wanted to. And so we don't know how God works in other countries. And there are some crazy things that have gone on in other countries where people just begin to understand about Jesus without ever hearing about him because God's spirit goes down to people who truly want to understand him and truly want to find him. So when we question God by saying like, oh, what about people in other countries that don't know about Jesus? We are limiting God's power. God is so beyond us and he can do whatever he wants. He created humanity. He created the world and he can truly tell anybody about him if he wanted to. (laughs) So based on this verse right here and other verses like this in the Bible, I do think that people who are searching for God who may have never heard of him or heard about Jesus or anything, I do think in some way or another, God is going to make sure that that person finds him. 
but going back to this, Moses says that finally, when the people start searching for God with all their heart and soul, they're going to find him. They're going to turn back to him and God will not forget his people. What a beautiful promise, because here's the thing, like these people turned away from God in the first place. They broke the covenant. They did all these crazy things. They worshiped other gods. They uh, committed sins, whatever. But yet after everything happens and they turn back to God, God never forgets his people. That's the thing. Like all it takes for us to get back on the right track is to turn back to God. And yet people just don't want to do that because we see that anytime that that happens, God is so merciful. Anytime we turn back to him, God is so merciful towards us and he accepts us back in no matter how we failed. He accepts us back in. That's so clear. And God is so insanely merciful. It just shows that he's so beyond what we understand mercy as. You know, when people betray us, we want to do everything we can to discredit that person, right? We don't want that person to succeed. When people betray us, we want nothing to do with them. We don't want to accept them. We don't want to forgive them. But God does it. When people betray God, because we betray him all the time, you know, I mean, we re we're reading right now in Luke about the people who betrayed Jesus and treated him so unfairly during those trials and everything. Yet Jesus died for those people, those false witnesses who came against him. Jesus died for those people. His mercy is so beyond anything that we could comprehend. So when we turn back to God, that's all it takes for God to accept us back into the fold. That's all it takes. And that's what Moses says that God is going to do. For Yahweh, your God, is a merciful God. He will not fail you, nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore to them. Oh, I just love that promise so much. Like God is so merciful and we have so much to be thankful for because, you know, we have salvation. We have God. We have Jesus. If you are a Christian, you have so much to be thankful for. Remember what you have to be thankful for. Remember how God accepted you. Remember how God brought you into the fold and how you are a part of God's family now. But faithful listeners, I really hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Contact me to let me know what you're eating and what your favorite food is for Thanksgiving. But also stay tuned for everything going on with P40 Ministries over on the Facebook page or go over to the website and subscribe to the email list if you would like to receive emails. Faithful listeners, I will see you bright and early on Friday morning. I hope you have a fantastic and restful Thanksgiving day with your family. Happy listening and God bless.